Welcome to Living a Sex Positive Life, where we can guarantee the topic will be about sex. We'll talk about the good and the bad, the health and healing benefits, the adventures, the relationships, as well as the crimes and the tragedies. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and just talk about that touchy subject that affects us all, sex. Now here's your host, Angelique Luna. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Angelique Luna, and I'm here with my co-host and hubby, John C. Luna. Hello, everyone. And we are broadcasting live, well, not live live, but at fire. We're Um, on site. We're on site there. We're recording. So um, it is day three, Saturday, uh, August 19th, and it's been friggin' wild and amazing in ways that I never thought. Go take a step back. Fire is the Florida Intensive Rope Experience. It's a four-day event specifically centered around roping, meaning shibari, suspension. Um, a whole different other list of things of roping styles that we didn't even know of. And wow, th- this event is just really amazing. A lot of energy drinks and a lot of... Um, I don't know, Wheaties to get your day going. <laughs> well, you don't want to miss anything at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did see the dungeon. This is the two nights we've seen the dungeon mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. So two nights we've seen the dungeon, and mm-hmm. it has been um, amazing. They have 75 hard points. And so far I've seen at least, what, 50 of them getting tied being suspended from simultaneously. Right, and that's just whatever in the last two days yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um. <laughs> but we've been to... And getting uh, random hugs here from Ignixia. She is one of our soon-to-be interviewees there. So, uh, talking about the BDSM lifestyle, women in leather. She's going to be in October. We did talk to her in regards to the open house. So, hopefully, you, we'll have that podcast up before this one. So, But we've been going to what? They've had uh, four or five... In total, five classrooms, right? So they've been doing five, five classrooms. classrooms. One of them was a photo. Yeah, one's a photo lab. So there's four instructional classrooms that we're doing roping and um, hands-on demonstrations, suspensions. Um, and they t- they're all from different levels. They're from beginning, intermediate, to advanced. And there was a couple of advanced classes we want to go to, but once we read the disclaimer, it was like, ooh, we got scared. Because <laughs> oh. I really wanted to do the vintage rope porn bondage, but, yeah, they really put in... Rope porn. Rope porn, yep. Man, they, they've had four classrooms, and it's very nice because the four classrooms are classrooms during the day, and they are big, but then they all break down to one giant Playroom. One giant dungeon there. And so far, the hotel has been absolutely fantastic. They mm-hmm. just notified us. Uh, they had a opening ceremony and presentation last night. Mm-hmm. The presentations were amazing. We saw some, mm. uh, a great self-suspension. Yes. And then we saw another um, couple a couple doing a dynamic suspension. He did several mm-hmm. transitions, and it was just hot as hell. Oh, yes. I was just like like at the edge of my seat because I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to drop her in. He dropped her, but not like fast, but it was just... Oh my god, too fucking hot to say the least. So, <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't tried rope or just begun to try rope, there is so much out here. 
they have instructors from all over the country and mm -hmm. attendees from all over the country come down mm -hmm. to do these presentations. Let's see, everything from, uh, uh, let's see, Bad Kitty Bondage. I just love the sound of that. Oh, yeah. But basics to something called Flying White Tiger. This sounds like it should be right off the El Rey ch channel. Oh, totally. I, I think it is sponsored by El Rey. But I've heard great reviews over Furious Buddha. So, yeah, you know, he's an amazing instructor, and everyone's like, oh, my God, you got to take his class. So he had one this morning, Exploding Bondage Applications, and they were telling us, what was the kind of knots that was so simple? That... Oh, it was single, single column, double column, and a uh, daisy chain. And everything he did just out of that, which was absolutely uh, amazing. I'm, uh, I, I wish I had attended, but um, we, we were still in bed. Uh, we will say that the dungeon closes at 2, and the first class is at 8 a.m. So uh, if you do attend next year, um, how about go ahead and just bring the... Uh, the five-hour energy. The monster drinks, Ooh. all the sugary caffeine that you can have because it's just nonstop adventures. And even the staff and kudos to all the volunteers who's made this event run so smoothly, um, making sure that it is blocked out from the public because, unfortunately, the, it's not a complete hotel buyout. We do have all the conference spaces. But there's still families around there. <laughs> there. There are a few walking around people at the pool. I guess it's about a half, mm -hmm. half takeover. Half a takeover. But, um, but, you but, always... I keep, but I keep telling all the ladies all dressed up that they should go ahead and mm -hmm. not worry because go look at the pool. There's less clothing on the people in the bikinis than it is in this wear. I think it's the parents who worry more. Yeah, they do. But, you know, at, at the same aspect, it, it, it's phenomenal how they try to sneak in. And we're like, nope, these, like, make sure you got to have the wristbands, you got to have the bat, you know, your badge and everything. So, well, which is good. What I am liking is it's all levels. Mm -hmm. Beginner rope, intermediate, expert. Um, we have people here that have been roping for 10 years that come out saying they've learned new stuff, as well as people who never touched rope before that mm -hmm. they can borrow rope and go ahead and do this event. Um, it, it's, it's just amazing. And I, oh, going back, we had the presentations last night and they announced mm -hmm. something fantastic. Yes, they're going to be here again for 2018. They even put the deposit in everything. I thought, well, I was like, oh, wow. So if you're here at the conference, um, they did a special rate, but they are still going to do like the early bird specials because by the time you guys listen to this podcast, it's only going to be the early bird. And I think it was $169 for the entire weekend, which that's is... That's the regular early bird price. Yeah, that's the regular. Per well, person. Mm -hmm. And the hotel was very reasonable. It was under 80 bucks per night. Mm -hmm. And it's down here in uh, Kissimmee. See, Kissimmee, which for those of you who don't know, is kind of like the bottom south part of Disney, which is like five miles up the road. Yes, it is. It's like so every time we were driving in, if you look at our Instagram stories, we took pictures of, hey, we're going to Disney World, but wait, our magical place is uh, fire rope. So that's where we're going. <laughs> so now we're going to go ahead and we should have some classes letting out. It's 430. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to snag some people for interviews, hopefully get maybe Cecil or Master Penguin up here. I haven't seen oh. Master Penguin smile as much in the <laughs> he, years I've known him. Oh, he's like a little kid in a candy 
store right now with all the fun activities and performances. And, and he's he, not even a rope guy. No, he isn't. But it was so cute on seeing him giggle like a little kid. You right. know, that, that's like the only time I've actually think you know, I could seriously consider him a little at this point. You know, just don't, the don't tell him that. No, I won't. No. Never. So it's like, don't ever share that information here, guys. If you listen, don't say I said that. Don't, don't ever say Angelique said Master Penguin is. That's never a good way to go. Yeah, because I know I'll get a couple lashings out of that. Ooh, so then I might do it. <laughs> go figure. It, of course, it's like John C. Luna would just throw me under the bus. But well, speaking of the bus, yes. Let's go ahead and try to find some attendees. Yes. And see what uh, what entertainment we can bring you. Yes. We'll talk to you soon. Um, Hey, this is Angelique Luna and John C. Luna. He's running the uh, switchboard right now. And we have Morpheus and his lovely bottoms, Princess and Alex here. We attended this class on Thursday, the Aesthetics of Rope Bondage. Welcome, folks. Hey, thanks a lot for having us. I I do have two wonderful ladies with me today, Alex from uh, Los Angeles. Hi. (laughs) And my lovely wife, Mrs. Morpheus, are also known as Princess. Hello. They're joining me. They're flanking me. It's a nice place to be. Definitely. We learned quite a bit in the class there because it was very artistic, which we normally don't see too much in rope. We just see like the practical and how to use it, but it was very creative. How did you come up with all these crazy ideas there? Thank you very much. You know, I've been involved in the rope bondage scene for 20, 25 years, and I've watched it blossom even like from the late 90s. And really, we've been going to conferences. Everyone goes to conferences. Mm -hmm. People that are into rope bondage, people that aren't into rope bondage, you should go to conferences. But mostly you go and you work on the technical skills. You work on the craft of rope. And that is a perfect and awesome place to be. But I think there's a lot of room. Now that we've got 20, 25 years of this beautiful fusion of rope bondage in North America happening, I think it's time that people take the next step in creating more artistic expressions of Mm -hmm. their work it's fantastic that you can do a rope bondage uh, fudo or a tk and you may practice that a lot and you might play with it a lot in the bedroom or your local dungeon but i think that there is an opportunity for some real artistic expression and i'm really excited to see people starting to kind of gravitate around that Mm -hmm. i happen to have um, an education uh, uh sorry a bachelor's of education in art and uh in studio art as well as education for adults, and I just kind of put the two together. So really what I wanted to do for FIRE, we're down here at the Florida Intensive Rope Experience, what I really wanted to do is give people the opportunity to start thinking and seeing as artists. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? Well, we start with the elements and principles of design, which is something a lot of people learn when they're in high school, if they're going to art class. It's really a way to say, I used this analogy in the class. I said, you know, what do you need to make a cake? And people would say eggs and flour and milk and and icing and all those things. And then how do you put them together? So the ingredients are like, all the ingredients are the elements of Mm -hmm. art and design. And then how you put it together, how you make the cake or bondage in our our way, um, is how you you use those principles. Mm -hmm. And so you can take, you know, line, shape, form, and then put them together with harmony and unity and repeating pattern. And rope bondage lends itself very, very well to those design elements, especially for repeating patterns and for line work and form. It's living sculpture. This is what I love. We've spent, I always tell people, there's, um, you know, there's 20,000 years of history of people expressing themselves, all the way back to the Lascaux Caves in France. And then we go through the Greeks and the pharaohs in Egypt that have done these beautiful sculptures. And I've always thought, you know, these are stone sculptures of the human form, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. 
but it's still one step removed from the original source. Why don't we make the original source the art? What we're doing with Rope Bondage is we're really creating living sculpture, and it's a beautiful performance, and it's only recently something that's captured the world's attention. Yes, the, the ladies were beautifully tied together. It was amazing. Alex, how much fun did you have during that class? Because you were tied more than Princess was. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was fun. My, uh, I was wearing heels. That was the only not fun part, but everything else is great. No, it's. Um, she was dolled up. She looked like a pin-up doll. Very oh, beautiful. I've, uh, and Morpheus has probably tied me more than anybody else. He got me into the scene. Oh. Yeah, Alex shot for my third book, uh, which was Bondage Basics, released from uh, Quiver, Quayside Publishing, out of Boston. And it's doing very well. And you can find it on Amazon. It's just Monish Basics by Morpheus, or Lord mm-hmm. Morpheus. And Alex was uh, completely featured all through the centerfold of it all. I'm really happy to have had a chance to tie it with Alex. And we shot that in, uh, in Los Angeles, I think we did, didn't we? 2013? Yeah, I think that's what it was, yeah. Wow, quite some time. And Princess, how long have you been tied up by Morpheus? <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you want to go there, it's like, no, we're, we're like roping. <laughs> we, we have a, an interesting dynamic between us because we're, we're both tops. Um, so oh. prior to meeting him, I'd never been tied up by anybody else. And to be honest, when I, when I met him, I hadn't even thought of being tied up by him either. Um, but things just sort of evolved in our relationship where I trusted him in a way that I hadn't with any other partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's the only person I bought him for, and he's been tying me up now for a little over four years, probably four and a half years. Pop and those cherries. Yeah. <laughs> You're so proud of that. Wow. <laughs> and it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you could tell you girls were both giggling during the class there. <laughs> it was a really nice turnout. I have to say the people in Florida that, that come down to the fire uh, bondage convention is really, you know, there, there's some really amazing people and, you know, leaders of the community and future leaders of the community are down here and people that are going to really set the world on fire in terms of artistic expression are all here. So it's a really terrific opportunity. We've always loved the woodshed. And um, we originally started doing uh, uh, MBE. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. What, what so, is that? We're still so, learning here. So, so yeah. So, yeah. Uh, MBE was a, um, a one-night uh, bondage performance. It was the largest bondage performance in the world. Amazing. Public. Public. And uh, actually, I think, period. And what we did, we did it for 10 years. We started uh-huh. in Toronto. We got a little storefront, had people come out, tied them all up because there was a large art event that happened in the same night. And we would kind of hijack <laughs> that part of it. And it went on for 10 years. We wound up spreading it all across America. And the woodshed was the very first satellite location that we had. And so the woodshed hosted more MBEs than any other one. Do you want to explain what MBE Yeah, exactly. So the uh, Morpheus Bondage Extravaganza. Ah. And we would have people come from all over the world to perform on this one night. And we would live stream it. We made it free for all of the vanilla or the civilian people to come in and, <laughs> and watch it. We had nine countries around the world i think this past year now wow it, that's amazing it's all wrapped up we, we uh-huh. wrapped it up on the 10th year it was a really amazing opportunity alex has performed at multiple ones Six, baltimore five. and san francisco did san francisco twice yeah. did toronto twice did orlando is there another one baltimore, baltimore. Six. Six. <laughs> yeah. yes uh it's it's just unlike any other thing out there 
Mm -hmm. There is information. We're working on an archive for mm -hmm. uh, the site, which is mbworldwide.com. Okay. But Alex had a chance to perform in San Francisco more than I did. Uh, <laughs> Peter Ackworth, who owns uh, kink.com in the Armory, was very oh, yes. gracious. He provided the upper floor space for us for free <laughs> and uh, for two years. It was amazing to have that opportunity to go and rig in San Francisco with all kinds of local people. But it all started here. Yeah. It all started creeping out in flo from Florida. Florida, yes. Yeah. What was, Alex, what was your favorite part about rigging at the upper floor? Um, well, I was bottoming the day before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was, uh, bottoming at the yes, it was, uh, I wasn't tying yet then. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's such an amazing space. And the first time that was actually my first MBE in San mm -hmm. Francisco. And it was like when I was really just tiptoeing mm -hmm. into bondage and I did like, it's always going to be very special to me because I did mm -hmm. my first suspension there. Yeah. And it's a beautiful space. It's very, like, would you say, like, Victorian kind of? Or like, yeah, the um, armory, unfortunately, yeah, it's famous, yeah. has been retired, yeah, so which heartbroken. We were lucky to do what we yeah. did. I it's know. You're very blessed. memories. Yeah. Yes. But we're making more memories. Yes. And we're making a lot of memories here in Orlando. Now that MBE has wrapped up, now, you know, mm -hmm. Princess and I are on this big tour across America, across the Southwest, and it's all starting here in Orlando because we love the woodshed. Mm-hmm. Yes, everyone keeps telling that oh, we're very spoiled there. We've gone through a couple of conferences and everything. It's like, you're in Orlando. You spoil little bitches. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. thank you. You guys have such a community here yeah. that's unlike any other place. Yes, Master Cecil and Darcy have made sure of that. I've known them for 10 years, and yes, what they have created is a blessing for this community, big time. So. Um, anything else you guys want well, to talk about? I know, mean, you said sure. three books, and you only we're, mentioned we're, one. We have, so. four, <laughs> yeah, we have four books. So oh, four. See, now after, it adds after up. After we wrap up uh, Fire here, uh, we're heading across the southwest. We're doing an exclusive tour for Hustler Stores. So I'm going to be uh, doing bondage demonstrations and, uh, and signing books with some of the models from the book. Oh, wow. And the book is called How to Be Naughty, howtobenaughty.com. And that's K-N-O-T-T-Y. And so what we're doing is we're traveling to uh, Oklahoma City on August 24th. And then we go to San Antonio, Texas on August 25th. Oh, wait a minute. But this comes out after that, right? Um, they they yeah, can probably accept after, after so that, yeah. I'm sure it so, was a great tour. Tour, yes. Tour. Yeah, definitely. Anyways, yeah. It's, it's a kind of a, a starting tour. We're getting mm -hmm. our, our feet wet to see how um, Hustler and I like working together. Right. We've been writing a column for Hustler for three years. Mm -hmm. And it's on their website. And it's been great. And it's, this is the first real fantastic tour that I get the chance to do with Hustler and I know it's going to be terrific and we're going to see even bigger things with uh, you know with what I'm doing with Hustler and what they're doing with me in the future and yes. so, the, so the new book is called howtobenaughty.com and I don't think Alex no I think the layout guy didn't put Alex in that one but she's definitely in the third one fucking layout guy I know <laughs> people can get it from amazon.com or you can just go right to your website, which is? Howtobenaughty.com. And there's some free videos there uh -huh. just to get your feet wet. There's like a couple of one-minute videos on how to do some simple little ties. And, you know, we really encourage safety and we encourage exploration. But most of all, we want people to have fun. Mm -hmm. They call it play for a reason, and we want people to have a lot of fun. Just to clarify, it's K-N-O-T-T-Y. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said, didn't I? No. K-N-O-T-T-Y.com. Which is our sponsors of our bags, but you had to be here at FIRE to catch those bags there with all the good, yummy goodies there. But, Alex, you were talking about a suspension you did last night. We need to talk about that. Because that was pretty hot, the way you were describing it. We missed it, so we probably went to bed early because I'm still recovering from yeah, a cold. Tell us all about it. It was, uh, I did a full breast suspension. So I was mm -hmm. suspended basically just by both of my breasts and um, one column across my arms. 
and that was and my whole weight was just like it was all yeah it was it was really intense it was crazy it hurt a lot but it was awesome it was good pain I like pain right I'm both a sadist and a masochist so it's like it's it was so much fun like it was uh and also um JD who did the tie mm-hmm. he'd never had someone who let him do a foam press suspension before oh so he was a kid in a candy store right oh, there yeah. Yeah. I've never seen him with a bigger smile on his face <laughs> 66 is a really close friend of ours. He runs the, the Toronto Kinkabaku Salon okay. up in Toronto, and you can just Google that. And so he runs classes, I think, four days a week, four evenings a week. And for him to get a chance to tap Alex's breast, which I'm sure you could probably find Alex's breast on Google very easily, <laughs> just so you can get a little uh, preview. But definitely in your book, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you have, a, like, a fan site or something um, some people yeah, do for your boobs? Yeah, it's, I have an OnlyFans, which mm-hmm. is OnlyFans.com slash AlexChanceXXX. Um, also, uh, my Snapchat has, like, more personal type stuff mm-hmm. on there, which is uh, fancenter.com slash AlexChanceXXX. Awesome. And then it's just all over the internet. <laughs> and, yeah. I want to ask my wife uh, some questions, if you don't mind. I'll just yeah, no, go for it. Go. Yeah, we got to get princess sometime. One of the, um, one of the things that... Uh, was a mis- misconception of rope bondage is that it's a can be potentially abusive. Um, I, I thought that it may be a big, good idea for my wife to talk a little bit about consent and you know intent as well in terms of playing with rope and how it's not quite as scary as it once was when she first before she even got into it all. I guess when I first started, I wasn't really sure. To, to be honest, I didn't know rope could be used for something like beauty. I just thought it was practical. Right, exactly. That's what we thought, too, until we went to his class. I'm like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. And I just looked at it as a functional thing, but I also Mm -hmm. looked at it as something that was potentially really dangerous. And Mm -hmm. it is really dangerous Mm -hmm. unless you really take the precautions that you need to take. So one of the things that um, we tend to emphasize quite a bit when we're teaching is uh, consent and safety issues. Mm -hmm. And and, and actually, uh, Murph's book has a huge, really massive, dense chapter on safety and uh, and consent, and it's because it's it's so vital to have that and to have that trust build up before you actually get into a scene. So a scene like Alex just described, she wouldn't have done that if she didn't trust JD. If mm-hmm. She didn't know what his skills were like as rigor. He hadn't spoken to her beforehand to understand her body and having you know really understand what was going on. If it was just some random person that walked up to her and said, "I'd like to tie you up by your breast," well, that that's not safe. That's not no. That, yeah. None of that is a good idea. But really getting to know somebody that. That is really an integral. And I think what's happening now, I've noticed with parties and stuff, is people are just so excited and so keen on just getting in there. And just oh, yeah. And it. that's dangerous as fuck. And they skip the steps that you need, which is those, those safety steps, the consent mm-hmm. steps, the negotiation steps. Like, all of those aspects need to be there. Um, so what I like about conferences like this is that we really emphasize that mm-hmm. the need for trust needs to be there. All of these elements need to be there before you go in and play. And then you can do, you know, basically whatever it is that people think you do. Um, but knowing that there's that that, that there's that, uh, that thing in the back of your head that both of you trust each other. Because right. it, it's not just the rigorous responsibility, it's a bottom responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that, that's my take on it. And I think these conferences like FIRE are so valuable just to help people, especially new in the community, to really understand those concepts. Oh, absolutely. We've been blown away just with the different discussions and safeties and rules and things and protocols. And people just forget. It's like, yeah, it's fun, but you got to be safe and sane and really get your shit together. Yeah, it's like, you know, with like every scene, obviously, it's like if you have an idea of like something <laughs> you might want to do that sounds a little crazy. 
looks crazy too. Looks I've seen crazy. some crazy scenes yeah, there. Last no, night's performances were like, yeah, yeah. hot um, as hell, but yeah, crazy. Yes. But like she was talking about with trust, like I'm very selective with who I tie with, mm-hmm. and I am so fortunate that I came up through the scene with Morpheus because, you know, I've gotten to tie with you know some of the best riggers, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing. But it's also like. I have, like, if you don't know someone and you don't know their skill level and you don't know, like, and you don't have any references for them, you're really putting yourself at risk. Right. If you haven't, if you just, you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really a very physical, uh, mm-hmm. it's a very strong physical component. You know, you're almost an athlete in terms of your skill level, but you really have to take care of yourself. You should stretch. You should take care of your body so your body can take care of you. I'm not the world's, you know, uh, most spry guy. I have a new hip, so I just changed some of my uh, some of my ties so that mm-hmm. I can tie on top of tabletops or whatever. Because you know, even though I'm getting older, and all of us are getting older, none of us are getting any younger. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to give up rigging. I don't want to stop rigging, but mm-hmm. you know, I just have to change my techniques a little bit because now I'm working with a little bit of a, a small disability. Right. So. But thank you very much for your time. How could everyone find you guys? Ah, well, they can find us at uh, howtobenaughty.com. Also, my own site, which is lordmorpheus.com. And just Google both of those. They'll pop right up. Yeah, spell it out there. Uh, so how, how to be naughty, K-N-O-T-T-Y.com. And then Lord Morpheus is L-O-R-D-M-O-R-P-H-E-O-U-S.com. Perfect. Send me a message. Let me know how you guys are doing. If you're an experienced rigger and you've always wanted to have a chance to meet me or shoot the shit, Send me an email. Let me know that you're out there and you're just thinking about stuff. You can find and in bottoms as well. Just I love yeah. to talk to everybody. I'm a bit of a chatty Kathy that way. Yeah. And I want to thank you very much for inviting us to come and talk uh, on oh. your on your podcast. Thank you. Yes, our pleasure. You're Alex, doing some great work. Uh, thank you so much for having yeah. me. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at alexchancexxx on Instagram at lovealexchance. Um, OnlyFans and fancentro.com uh, slash alexchancexxx. Yes. Thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your class, everything, and what you do for the community. Thank you. Have thank a good you. day. Bye. Wow, that was a great interview with Morpheus Alex and Morpheus uh, Bottom Princess. Princess the- was fun. Alex was fun. They were all fun and very informative, especially with everything in their class on how you wanted to do something completely different than the normal, like, here's how you do roping, because he did the art of roping. That's what I loved about his class there. The design approach of roping. Design approach nice. there. So, so from going from design approach of roping, we go into photographer Don, who is a wonderful gentleman who has probably many, many years on us. It's like, but he actually had the privilege or the honor to photograph uh, Betty Page back in the day. His stories were hysterical. He told us a great story, and that's coming up next. Yes, enjoy. Hi, this is Angelique Luna. We actually got a photographer named Don who has been around the... A rope bondage scene for quite some time. Welcome, Don. A pleasure to be here. Please tell us your history and story, and then we'll probably chat a little bit about Betty Page since you were. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just an ordinary guy, but my uh, apparently my uh, uh, claim to fame is that I photographed Betty Page, and um, I started out as a an artist actually, and I was frustrated because I couldn't paint or draw as well as I would like to, mm-hmm. and I switched to photography as a means of 
meeting girls uh-huh. and as a means of producing or making something, a picture, a photograph that pleased me. And, uh, I studied uh, I studied commercial art in college. Okay. I'm a New Yorker. Uh-huh. And I grew up with the New York attitude that, uh, you know, this is the center of the world and, you know, and of course, um, <laughs> when you live in New York, it does feel like the center of the world. Like yeah. 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 Well, especially with the, was it considered just fetish rope bondage back then? or No, how, basically, how? I think it was a very puritanical era where sex was underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sexiest thing that you would see would be uh, art books of the great masters of art. But as far as nudity, mm-hmm. um, sunbathing magazines, nudist magazines were the sexiest thing you could find. And of course, everything was was airbrushed. <laughs> there were no private parts shown at all. Interesting. And so what time frame are we talking about here? Uh, I guess the 50s. Okay. You know, 50s, 60s. Um, and um, I, as a artist always appreciated beauty and I would look at the pinup magazines which were lingerie um, and I fell in love with Betty Page her face and her hair and uh, then I, as a photographer I worked as a photographer also I got a chance to spend a day with her it was a camera club in New York Mm-hmm. And the fellow that ran it, Cass Carr is his name, uh, had a studio and he would set up shoots in the studio and the photographers would come mm-hmm. and photograph models. Not necessarily nudes, but pinups and whatnot. Right. And they would do also a location shoot where we would go out, maybe 15 or 20 photographers and maybe three or four models and spend the day in the country shooting. And my buddy called me and said, Betty Page is going to be going out on Sunday. We want to go. And I said, yes. <laughs> so we so back then it was kind of like a hobby. It, it was a hobby. It started out as a hobby, but I, I became, uh, got involved professionally. You know, I worked in a camera store and I uh, had an undergraduate fellowship in college teaching photography. My profession, basically, the rest of my life was in the photographic business, but not necessarily taking photographs. So photographs became not not a hobby, but not a full-time profession. And um, so anyway, so we got out to this farm out in Jersey with a bunch of photographers, and also another famous photographer was there, Ouija. Ouija was basically a press photographer, but part of the New York scene. And I spent, what happened was, all the photographers got into cars to go out to Jersey, and I was left standing on the sidewalk with a buddy of mine. (laughs) And and he said, What are we going to do? And then Betty said, Come on with me, me and her her and her boyfriend. So we rode in the back seat. She drove, her her boyfriend drove. And uh, we spent the day photographing her. And on the way back to the city, uh, Sunday traffic 
coming into the Lincoln Tunnel, we got a traffic jam. So we started taking pictures in the back seat of the car. Wow, that's interesting. Me and her and her and, you know, whatever. So apparently I have the only candid pictures of her, and they're online. Somebody has them, uh, I think, Private Peaks is right. one of the websites. You know. So, that, wow, that's interesting that the Lincoln Tunnel has not changed in, like, 75 no, years. No, no, <laughs> Traffic is just as bad. <laughs> Well, and so with all the changes in photography and technology, have you seen how it affects the pictures, especially in the fetish and the roping? You know, what is your take on that? Uh, that, I think, changed because of Woodstock. It changed because of the culture. Mm -hmm. uh, things became much more loose and free. Mm -hmm. um, and the people got away from that puritanical attitude you know you can't show nipples and you can't show this and um, the, the TV you know change that so that um, now photography everybody's a photographer right because you got the smartphones you know, years ago years ago when I started if you had a lens that was like three inches long you were a professional because mm -hmm. nobody else had them but well, that's today also because your camera was quite expensive sure Nowadays, everyone's got one in their pocket. Yeah, it used to be box cameras, and now um, it, it's become uh, the norm. Nobody goes anywhere without a camera. See, now I love watching like older movies, and they go by one of those. Remember the Kodak booths? Sure. The developing booths? Yep. And I had my daughter look at me one day and go, what was that? Like, it's when we had film, sweetie. Right. <laughs> People don't know from film. I was, uh, I was in... Um, Germany at Photokino, which was the big worldwide photo show. I mean, it's like acres and acres and acres and acres of halls and, and people. And uh, it's one of the biggest photo shows every couple of years. All the manufacturers in the world show there. And I was at the Kodak booth, and they showed me a picture. And they said, what do you think of that? And I said, that's very nice. What kind of film is that? And they said, that's not film, that's digital. And immediately when I get back to the States, I said, I got to get rid of my film cameras. <laughs> but I still think there's nothing better than old classic film pictures there because it's just, it gives like some, some more personal feeling, I think, versus that's, the that's, digital. That's just something you know, that's very personal. You either feel it or you don't feel it. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like vinyl. It's taking a comeback. People are actually playing records. Sure. And the word LP actually means something sure. again. Well, there are, there are filters now that you can use that uh, in Photoshop or whatnot to give you the feeling of film. Mm -hmm. A filter for Tri-X film, a filter for various other films. Uh, some people can see the difference, some people can't. Or some people can care less. You know, they just want a sharp image of something recognizable. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what are you doing here at Florida Rope Intensive? Just, um, you know, meeting people. I like socializing. Mm -hmm. uh, we run a uh, sort of a fetish photo group down in Fort Lauderdale for amateurs. And uh, we invite people to come down and learn about photography and uh, take pictures and have their pictures taken. So we will do maybe something like a... Uh, lingerie shoot, we'll do a face painting shoot, we get somebody in who mm -hmm. body paints, and it's just a... Did you ever think that one day, all those years ago, that you happened to 
get stuck in the Lincoln Tunnel and took a couple pictures. That those are the pictures. Those are the photos you'd be remembered for years later. Uh, if I did, I would be a lot richer because I'd own all those photos. <laughs> That's very uh, true. <laughs> the photos, I don't even remember really how I got rid of a lot of them. Uh, some were sold, some were just disappeared, and uh, not much left. That's a, that's sad, but hey, it gave you a, a reputation that still lasts till now, so. Yeah, which I appreciate. I mean, I enjoy it, you know. Yeah, and did you do other models in the fetish air circuit? Or I no? used to do, uh, I shot for some magazines, some of the men's magazines. Uh -huh. And it was kind of benign. It was, you know, pinups, cute. Uh -huh. You know, when I started, you couldn't show a nipple. You had to be basically covered. And today, there's just nothing you can't show. <laughs> exactly. There's no holds bars no, nowadays. It's, it's changed. The whole business has changed. That's fantastic. We appreciate your time and history lessons pleasure, there. I, it's like, you know, some people keep forgetting there's more to life than just roping and fetish. There's photography and history. and The history of this community has always been fascinating to me. Oh, it has. And it's, uh, it's getting bigger and better and uh, much more acceptable. Much more. It's still getting written. We just realized um, they were passing, still passing laws. And oh, sure. Passing laws. It depends where you are in yep. the country. Again, thank you very much, Don, My for your pleasure. time. Um, how can they, our um, listeners find your work or find you? Not really. No? I don't okay. publish. I'm, uh, I'm sort of like um, behind the scenes and under the chair. I don't, you know. It's a word of mouth kind of way. Yeah, Perfect. So, so That's a good way to know. So they have to come but next you year can, to buy it. You can search Betty Page's pictures online and uh, some of mine will pop up. Awesome. Uh, we appreciate your time here. Thank you, Don. You're very welcome. Oh my God, wasn't that so much fun with Don? Especially learning to hear the Lincoln Tunnel has not changed in 60 years of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Having been in the Lincoln Tunnel many times, yes. Yes, so true. But he was so sweet, super nice there. So, But we also had a pr uh, privilege to see him again over at FPE, and you'll catch that on the next uh, interview podcast we have for Florida Power Exchange. Yes, our last and final event of our tour. So... Coming up is Jackie from the National Coalition of Sexual Freedom, and she's talking about what we can do in protecting our freedom of sexual choice. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. It's Angelique Luna and John C. Luna. We're here at Fire, Florida Intensive Rope Experience, and we're now speaking with Miss Jackie Harris, who's part of the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. Welcome. Thank you. It's been an exciting event, for sure. Oh, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes, she's been handing out cupcakes and cookies. I don't know what, what's the uh, track there. What, what? It's, well, we are down here this year uh, at Fire and other conferences around the country celebrating NCSF's 20th anniversary birthday. Congratulations. So, yes, happy anniversary. Yes. Yes. It started out as a fledgling a handful of people in Susan Wright's living room in 1997. Oh, wow. They came up with the idea of an advocacy group for people in the BDSM lifestyle. So That's fantastic. I know. And NCSF is National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. That's correct. What do you guys... 
I mean, you're fighting specifically for the BDSM and kink community? It originally started out as a sexual advocacy group just for BDSM. And then several years later, it expanded to include people in the poly lifestyle, um, any alternative sexual lifestyle, really, uh, the swing community and eventually the LGBT community. LGBTQIA community. It's gotten on board with that as well. So. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot of valuable programs that they put out over the years to assist people um, in these different lifestyles. Um, if they need advocacy or they just need help with different, we try and find them the assistance in their areas. Um, Susan, um, although she's not the president at the moment, she still um, is in charge of a lot of these different programs, like the Incident and Response a reporting system. Mm-hmm. There's actually a phone number on our pocket reference that we hand out to people. So if they ever encounter any kind of trouble and need assistance mm-hmm. um, with law enforcement or custody battles, um, groups that run afoul of law enforcement, they can call this number. Susan actually answers the phone still. Oh wow! <laughs> and we will find them legal assistance or whatever help they need in their area mm-hmm. to you know to help them through whatever the issues that they're dealing with. So, wow, very important work. Yeah, that is a great resource there. Yes, especially. I had no idea that it existed. Yeah, Um, I will give you a pocket reference. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here here's a question for you. Do they also, um, in any way, recommend or list therapist? We actually have what they call a kink aware professional listing on our website, where any type, it's not just um, mental health, a lot of people think it's just a mental health listing, or physicians, there's graphic designers, there's attorneys, there are uh, people who do house cleaning, anybody that's kink aware or kink friendly can put a professional listing out there, and you can go out and search by state or region to find someone in your area for whatever type of help that you're looking for. So. We need to not only advertise, we need to get on your you site. Get on there. <laughs> yes, and also become members because if I remember with the membership, we have to do like an annual charity to give back to a National Coalition of Sexual Freedom. If you are a coalition partner, yes, okay. they um, they do like you to, to do at least one fundraiser a year, mm-hmm. you know, and get the word out about what programs are available. Now, there are individual personal reference uh, mm-hmm. memberships as well for just individual people who want to sign up, and that's only $25 for the entire year. Oh, wow. That's a steal. Yeah. And what those numbers do are help us when we approach our politicians and our legislators to try and get laws changed. We can say, we have this number of membership you know, behind us that want to see these changes put into effect. So it helps us to push through our agenda on some of the programs that we're working on. So it's very important. That's fantastic because obviously a lot of people in this in, in alternative communities kind of stay under the radar. So, some of us don't care. We're out and proud now. Right. Yeah. But, the majority, but there are, are a bunch who are kind of under the radar and a lot of times, you know, sign this petition to get this law changed. They don't sign it not because they don't want the law changed. They don't do it because, I don't know, they're, they're a kindergarten teacher. Or, they know, have to protect their anonymity because mm-hmm. of their position or their job or their children or, you know, whatever piece of person's, uh, everybody's reason is personal. And of course. whatever right. the reason is, is valid. Um, the, the current changes that we're trying to affect, um, there's a governing body called the American Law Institute which is an independent panel of judiciary around the country, judges, attorneys, all across the United States. And what we found out they were doing with all of the consent issues that have been in the press lately, you know, the Brock Turner case and all the sexual assault on campuses, that they had formed a committee to actually look at 
the sexual, there's a, their body of laws is called the Model Penal Code. And it's what they pass down across the United States, and some states adopt it blanketly into law, or they adopt parts of it into law in the individual states. So when we found out they were going to start looking at the sexual assault laws, we we wanted to get on board with that. Absolutely. And people who signed up with a membership, I understand they want to protect their anonymity as far as BSM or alternative lifestyle right. is concerned. But a sexual assault, anybody who's got any kind of child or daughter or mm-hmm. even themselves, those are important laws that we need to see changed and updated. Oh, absolutely. There are still a handful of states in the United States that don't have a definition of what consent is at all right. on their books at all. Yeah. So that's very important that we're trying to push these through so it'll be a blanket statement across the nation. Yeah, and I think people need to be aware of that, that there are these changes rumbling through and coming. Um, Unfortunately, some people, like you said, they want to have their anonymity and they don't realize organizations like yourself will provide that for them and help make those changes. We, we can try and push through as much, but without the numbers to back us up, you know, the politicians will pay more attention, the legislators will pay more attention with the higher numbers that we have. And that's why we're at conferences like this, to, to advocate for people and explain to them what we're trying to do to better our community. Um, right now, consent issues, as they look at them, are considered a violent crime and not a sexual crime. What? Yes, I know. That's ridiculous. We're trying to get them to view it as more of a sexual crime. Um, in the Motor Penal Code right now, it does allow for consent as a defense as long as there's no serious injury involved. Oh, my God. But people don't report because if it's a violent crime, they don't have the anonymity protection right. like they do if it's a sexual crime. So they don't want their name involved with with the cases or the uh-huh. incident reporting. Mm-hmm. If we get it changed to a sexual crime, then it will fall under the rape shield laws so the victim's names are protected. So we'll have more of a chance of people who've been hiding this away for years or mm-hmm. we're dealing with serial cases like we've seen recently pop up, mm-hmm. that more people will start reporting these incidents. Right. And what we have started to do when these come up, and, and Consent Rocks is here this week, and they're doing a fantastic job across the country. Right. Um, we're trying to catch people early and encourage them to go, get more counseling and everything when incidents do come up. And then when they're in a more stable frame of mind, if it needs to be something that needs to be reported, help them if that's the avenue that they want to pursue. So um, it's a total mind shift. or It's a whole game change shift. Oh, yeah, completely. Well, the law has definitely been an interesting thing. We found out recently we had attended Woodhall. Okay. And wow. that um, they did a panel in which they were explaining that the U.S. considers sex trafficking different from labor trafficking. Yes, they do. And we're the only country in the world who does this. And the reason given, and of course it's a little biased, was that they don't want to consider sex labor. The, Woodhull has, has been the primary push behind um, behind um, rights for sex workers. Mm-hmm. And that's something that this, this, this year we have partnered with them to try and push some of those changes through as well. Yes. And that will have a big effect on uh, like sexual surrogacy mm-hmm. and, and people um, and legalizing right. that type of employment, which we, we definitely want people to have control of their own bodies and be able to make those decisions yeah. for themselves without being prosecuted or persecuted. Now, 
we were at the opening ceremony. Okay. <laughs> moving, moving past um, any incidents that happened during that ceremony. Which we're not discussing. Clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> you did tell us there was a recent victory. Something yes. worth celebrating about. We were so excited to see this come down. Um, we, we submitted a lot of language through the ALI last February, I believe. Um, and we did include a lot of language for BDSM, but a lot of it was around the sexual assault and consent laws. Mm-hmm. And we found out recently that all of that language that, that was submitted through ALI as they, as they accepted in its final form um, was adopted by the state of Montana. And they completely wow. rewrote all their sexual assault laws. They had Thank some God. antiquated laws on their books. <laughs> um, Montana's law said that if there was no um, physical resistance and no um, verbal uh, resistance, that it couldn't be considered assault. So people who are intoxicated and passed out or um, who have been drugged and raped, people who were not capable of giving affirmative consent consent at all, they could not even prosecute it as a crime because there was no physical resistance because that's how their laws were written. Oh, my God, that's caveman. I know. (laughs) So that they adopted all these, just blanketly adopted all of them and wrote all these overarching new laws to to supplant everything else. It was a huge victory that we saw come through. So that's that's going to open the watershed, we hope. Oh, uh, we're praying and hoping for you right there because, yeah, we need that throughout the United States here. But with our president, we never know what's going to happen. I just want to survive the next couple of years. (laughs) Amen, sister. Amen. I'm I'm with you right there because it's like almost every day it it gives permission for people to be assaulted, violated. Oh, God. Yeah. The backlash that we have seen has been just horrendous. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually own a sex-oriented business myself. I'm an independent business owner. And I employ most of my staff as some kind of gender fluid, whether they're transgender or, or genderqueer or whatever. And we actually started um, a set of, we called them get-home-safe classes. They weren't necessarily self-defense classes, but it was in direct um, opposition to that. T- One of my employees was accosted coming out of the uh, grocery store. because she's, trans- she's a transgender female. And so we started these get home safe classes uh-huh. to teach them how to get people to let go of them just to be able to get away and get home safe. Um, it's such a shame that has to even exist. I, I know, but the impact that we saw of people coming into the class, uh-huh. I mean, I don't care if my business never exceeds six and I lose every dime of it, just to see the effect that this has had on a people's lives has right. been totally worth it. Yeah, making a difference in the community. That's big there. I yeah, mean, we, and being able to give some people employment. And mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's been a dream of mine. That's, it's, That's it's awesome. Well, thank you well, for doing that. Um, we appreciate that. In, yeah. in light of what I read the other day in Texas. Oh, God. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. yeah, it seems like any sentence that starts with, and in, in Texas, Texas. And in Texas, everyone just starts laughing. Oh, my God, with the rape insurance? Oh. Yes, and, you know, nothing against the people. It is, you know, well, South Texas is We love you, Texas. We do. We do. Just, just get your, rid of your, your politicians. Your lawmakers need a massive mental enema because they passed the law prohibiting insurances from covering abortions. I... That's very discouraging. Yeah. Very discouraging. People, um, people need to have control over their own bodies to make those types of decisions. Amen. Totally and, agree. 
And th- I didn't realize until we saw Susan Wright do um, a, con- a history of consent class where she actually went back to, like, you know, not just the caveman when they grab you by the hair and they pull you around, but she was referring to Disney princesses. Like, they're asleep and the man just comes in and kisses you and take you away. It's like... And it's true love. And, yes, and it's true love. And let them save us. And... Which is all and great if I want you to save me, <laughs> but right. you didn't even ask in this case. That's why I was how happy. ingrained it was in our mm-hmm. society, and I didn't even realize it mm-hmm. until I heard her give this presentation, and not just from a, a female submissive point of view, mm-hmm. but a male point of view. They've grown up on these stories too that they want to go rescue the girl from the tower and pull her down by her hair. You know, <laughs> so that is interesting. Hopefully, she could put it on YouTube or something I, because I would love to see that. Susan, history. do you hear that? Put it yeah. on YouTube. YouTube, yes, because anything the history of consent that just needs to be out there. And it, it's it's really interesting. She did this presentation for us last month, but September is National Consent Month. Okay. So we are encouraging people around the country in different groups to start these types of discussions. Right. Um, we have a whole pamphlet on on just what consent is and what it looks like that um, we developed last year. Actually, I have some copies here for you. I'm going to send with you. Awesome. Um, but people can go out to the NCSF website under the resources tab and request these pamphlets if they want to do these types of discussions, and we will send them all the materials that they need. Just give us a couple of weeks to get them out to you. Um, <laughs> but we are we are encouraging people to have these types of discussions throughout the month of September um, to make people realize they have a voice in, in what happens to them and mm-hmm. in how they negotiate their relationships or negotiate scenes Mm-hmm. You know, in play spaces and things like that. We want them to have more control and know that they have a voice. And how do they affect that? And how do you negotiate? How do you give consent? What What does consent really look like? Right. Active, informative, informed consent right. is what we want people to adopt. So. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm going back. We, we have a saying on the show okay. uh, about sex. And it goes back What's your to, saying of course, about sex? Well, <laughs> It says you wouldn't go ahead and watch Fast and the Furious and you know give your daughter or son the, the keys to the car and say, there's your education. Nor, nor should they go ahead and watch Fifty Shades of Grey and say, okay, oh that's my education for BDSM. <laughs> but it goes beyond that to why would you go ahead and get your relationship education from cartoons <laughs> and look at stuff like Disney. And Disney which, princesses. And Disney princesses. <laughs> and so much that Hollywood's given us where they do paint a fairy tale. It is a movie, but it is a fantasy. But so so many of us, and I'm gender unbiased here, men and women want this or think we're supposed to have this. This, this happily ever after. Yes. That's why I love when Ange- Angela Jolie redid Maleficent. I love that oh, ending. Yes. That was awesome. <laughs> Things yeah. are just never as simple right. as it, we want to paint them to be. And people think that they understand consent, but when you start actively trying to ask them and get them to put a voice to what it really is, mm-hmm. they have a hard time with it. Yes. Um, I've been a sex educator for you know, over a decade now, and my own daughter now is, is 25 and has entered the kink scene, and that's been its own set of challenges. <laughs> Love you, baby. Um, but she came to me and said, Mom, I'm dating somebody kinky. I'm like, okay, we need to have some conversations. Right. <laughs> and the very first one was about consent. She's like, oh, I know all about it. It's like, tell uh-huh. me what you know. Exactly. And she's like, well, I, um, 
Okay, maybe we need to talk about it. <laughs> so she had an idea, but she didn't know how to verbalize it. Right. She didn't know how to express it. So we sat down and had a two-hour conversation. That's the very first thing that we laid out. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, this is what you need to be able to deal with and to know. Right. Well, thank God that she's a top, because I'm a bottom. But I don't think I... Well, get your hands off my daughter. <laughs> so... Yeah, so, that's our conversation in a couple then, years. There. Uh, yeah. yeah, ours is 16, so yeah. But is she know, starting 17 like, next month, going on 25. Yeah, yeah. mine is 25. So. Yeah, but she enjoys the roping, which is kind of scary, but it's entertaining <laughs> because she sees daddy rope mommy, so it's like, me too, you know, I want to oh, do the same. But it's, like, it's, it's fully clothed, like I'm roping her feet, just to have right. something to practice on. She looks and like, you're doing that to mom. Now I'm jealous. You got to do it to me too. That's really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's such a daddy's girl. It's not even funny. So oh that's why. Gosh. That's why we're kind of bracing ourselves for a couple of years, like yourself there. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I had such a hard time with it at the beginning, but well, Master Cecil, who runs Fire here, uh-huh. um, his parents had somewhat the same experience, and he made a very good point that solved everything for me. He's like, "Would you rather her do this, and you not know about it?" and her meet somebody and not know how to deal with it, not have the basis of consent that you've given her, and get hurt, or you introduce her to everybody that you know, and nobody's going to mess with her because she's your kid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, we're done. You yeah. know, I, I, need to, I need to be actively more involved. So Sometimes in parenting, you got to yes. take a step back, I- <laughs> look at it logically, and go... You know, it's it's it. We're not in a bad position. Yeah, right. yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable either way, but we're not yeah. in a bad position. <laughs> and I, I tried to take that role on with her and some of her friends who have now stepped into that. And, mm-hmm. and when my business is open, we run a lot of classes out of there. So we do like one-on-one classes. What's appropriate? You know, what's your appropriate behavior when you're first coming in? How you approach people? What not to do? You know, and try and give them a little bit of basis of etiquette. How you should conduct yourself. They should do that for online dating, period. I know. Oh, my God. Anonymity behind the keyboard is uh, not necessarily a great thing. (laughs) And that's why we have the NCSF, okay? We try. (laughs) So tell me, if people want to get in touch with the NCSF, what's your website? Where do do they go to? The website is ncsfreedom.org. Um, and that will get them onto the main page. And then there are tabs across for all the different programs from the incident response reporting and consent counts where they can get all the information. If they need assistance, they can also reach us through that website. Um, the Kinkaware Professionals has the search engine where you can go out and look for um, you know, any type of professional in your area. Um, so that's, that's, she has everything they need to know. And are you guys also on uh, social media or? We have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter feed. Matter of fact, we put up pictures, you know, from, from the weekend, um, up on our Twitter feed and, uh, on to the Facebook page as well. So we have a monthly newsletter that, um, is also sent out to anybody that signs up for membership. Um, actually, I think you can just go out and request to be on the newsletter, but we send out, um, media announcements of importance like the Montana issue where right. they adopted all the laws we well, we put that one on like right at the top of the page so. we'll, we'll be signed up by Monday yeah. there we go exactly you can stop right by the table I have a laptop we'll sign you up so. most definitely well yeah. thank you very much for your time thank Jackie. you so much for talking to thank me thank you we appreciate it we definitely want to make a change in the world and we gotta like share the information so we have to affect the change yes it's not thank an easy road but we'll all fight it yeah. 
Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Oh, my God. Did not know that National Coalition of Sexual Freedom, NCSF, needs their members to help change laws with legislation. And the best part is you could do it anonymously. Like you just pay your, what is it, $25 a year to be a member. And they use their membership numbers to go up with legislations and say, hey, we need to protect. And they had, what was that again? That they, um, that winning, was it Montana or Utah with the consent? Yes, that yes. they adopted uh, the laws um, put forth by the National Coalition for Sexual mm-hmm. Freedom. Yes, so that is a winning. So we are working together. Speaking of consent, our next person up is Heather from Consent Rocks. So let's hear what that is all about because they're a new organization for us. Hey everyone, it's Angelique Luna here at FIRE, Florida Intensive Rope Experience with my partner and co-host, John C. Luna. Partner and devilish co-host, yeah. Devilish co-host. Okay, this FIRE experience has really has converted him very devilish. I'm in trouble now. (laughs) So we're here with Heather from Consent Rocks. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's like, tell us about you, because this is the first time we've heard of you, so I'm like a virgin here altogether. So Consent Rocks Virgin, that's exciting. Okay, Consent Rocks is a group, an organization that started in 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, The concept was created by Great Answer. I don't know if you guys know Great Answer, but he's a very well-known blogger, writer, mm-hmm. rope person, uh, very well-known kink personality. Uh, he had an idea that he wanted to see things change as how consent incidents were handled at events. So I was one of the privileged people that he brought in to help develop this, and along with two other people, and that was Iron Temple Dog and Eternal Angel. Okay. Iron Temple Dog's out of Toronto, uh-huh. and Eternal Angel is out of Australia. So the four of us got together about once a week for several months and had some multiple hour meetings online together, uh, chatting, and put together what we felt like would be a good process for how to handle consent issues at events. Then in 2016 at Ropecraft in Austin in February, we did our first on-the-ground event. Uh, Great Answer is the producer of Ropecraft, so he pretty much built the event for us to have an event to go to. Wow. Awesome. Which now happens twice a year and is very successful. Um, And then we started from there, and then we went to Dark Odyssey, and we do all the Dark Odyssey events, which is Fusion, Winter Fire, Summer Camp, and Surrender. Holy cow. This Mm -hmm. is like a lot. And then we do Ramble Grew as well Uh in the fall, and now Fire. Mm -hmm. We're going to Kinky Kinky College Uh next month, and then we'll be doing an event in Gettysburg, PA, called Naughty Noel with Studio 58 this December. Wow. Quite a, quite a road trip on a regular basis. Yes. Yeah. And we basically go into the events and we're just, uh, we have a crew on site mm-hmm. for the entire event that are there solely to handle if anything happens with anyone. Uh, if you have any sort of consent issue or interpersonal issue or you just need to talk to someone about your feeling, we're there. That way the event doesn't have to handle it. They don't have to deal with it. We're separate. We're a completely independent entity. Oh, wow. And it takes that bias sort of issue out of the equation That's I never thought of that but yes yes they, they, if like, the person putting on the event definitely mm-hmm. doesn't want a, you know a scar from an incident because things like that can definitely shut down all convention for all future events right so having a third uh, third person impartial group 
mm-hmm. is extremely valuable. Right. Right. So we consult with the event owners and organizers and producers mm-hmm. uh, on anything that does occur. Obviously, we have to talk to them if anything serious happens. Uh, but many times it's more uh, minor issues that we can just handle on our own and say everything's good. Um, but if we do need to talk to them, we sort of give them a um, recommendation or advisement on maybe what they might want to do. But it's really up to them what decision they make. And are you available for, like, um, say it's someone's first you know, roping event or something like that and said, hey, explain to me negotiation, explain to me consent yes. on how it works. I'm so glad you asked that <laughs> because I should tell you this doesn't get used often, but we actually offer negotiation wingman services. Wingman. Wow. Wingman. Yes, we do. So if someone isn't sure about negotiation or they just want someone to be present, we will be there. And That's then right. sometimes we can say, um, like you didn't, you know, what about this? Or did you ever think of this? Or do you want them to touch you here? Do you want them to be able to do this? So uh, there are a lot of things new people or even sometimes seasoned people when they're with a new partner don't think of when they're negotiating. People don't use this service, so we kind of stopped promoting it. But I'm glad you brought it up because we do offer that service. Well, I've been in the lifestyle a while, and it wasn't actually until a few months ago I had sat down in a break room and listened to... I think he's been in it about 15 years. Yes. Do his consent speech with someone who was visiting. Who was it? Um, Sir Lance. Okay. And he went through, and I kept hearing little bits. I'm like, that's a great idea. That's a really good idea. That's a good question. That's, oh, God. It's and like afterwards, things... I'm like, can I put that in a printout? That was awesome, because cool. he even covered, you know, do you have triggers? Do you have allergies? Mm-hmm. Um, where are the places you don't want to be touched? Where are the places where you've had an injury? Yes, all good questions. A all lot very of, good questions. Well, it's a lot of things I hear constantly or don't hear in a lot of negotiations until you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And then you get that awkward, do I ask now, in the middle of a scene when the industrial music's playing. and <laughs> It could just get all messy then. The industrial music, it's, yeah, it's, a, it, it, it's bad. So we uh, also offer classes when we go to events now, and this is a new thing. We're going to be doing one here in the morning. Uh, it's called Towards a Better Understanding of Consent Incidents. Awesome. So where can people find you? Okay, www.consent.rocks. Awesome. And you're also on social media there, too? or We everywhere? are on Twitter, Consent uh-huh. Rocks. Uh, we are not. Uh, yes, we do have a Facebook. I'm sorry. Gray handles all of our social media. Uh-huh. And so I just follow everything and try to love and promote. Um, I handle... Uh, a lot more of the running everything uh-huh. and getting ready for the events and going in. We also do training uh, workshops that are all day, and we travel and do those as well. We'll be doing one here in Orlando in January. Okay, cool. uh, Our next one will be November in Richmond. Okay. Uh, and this year we previously had them in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, San Diego, and uh, Oakland. So... Our full day workshop uh, that teaches sort of our process, uh-huh. and that way, if people want to go and just create their own crew for their for their region or their events, they can do that. Awesome, and that's all on the website. The, yes, the website has all of the workshops we offer, including the full day training. Yeah, because I'm like looking into that, and I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah, I want to, well, sure. yeah, you know, especially it's great information. Yeah, because I do teach consent in a lot of the oh, workshops I do for relationships, especially like for parents teaching their kids about sex. I, I throw that in there because oh, awesome. they kind of forget that consent is very important. So mm-hmm. that's you know, I always yeah. want to up my game. So yeah, check out the workshops. Yeah, I would love to have you. Away. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you do have that one. You said it was November. November will be our next one. Will be in Richmond in November, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Sounds great. We can plug you more and get you uh, a few more attendees. Thank you. Spread the uh, the word of consent because inner in a lifestyle, top or bottom, everyone needs to be apprised of it. Not just to have a better experience, but also to be a legal matter. Yes. You need to go ahead and protect yourself. Yes. Yep. Well, thank you very much, Heather. Thank you guys very much. Have a good day. You too. Well, that was kind of interesting discussion with Heather from Consent Rocks. Did not realize that there was such a service as Wingman for negotiations. That was something new for me. Have you ever heard of that? No, but it is something that is probably going to be beneficial, especially for new doms. I like the fact that they do, uh, you know, third-party mediation. Yes. case of there's any uh, discrepancy and they are not legally associated with the event holders. They are an independent organization. Right. Which makes it nice for the event planner to not have to deal with, you know, subtle things such as negotiation and consent that they could come in and assist, which is a weight lifted, especially for a lot of these sex positive events. There. And they're all volunteers. Yes, they're volunteers. And I think they said they were in 13 cities there or? I believe so. The beliefs. So. They're still a brand new organization, and they're growing. They're only like two years old, as um, as Heather said. But definitely, hope you enjoyed and learned quite a bit. So, coming up next is Nothead. I love that name. Oh my God, Nothead. He um, I, he was even a little intense for me, and very hyper and very like off the wall. But after interviewing him, I could understand half the stories that people have told. They make sense now. Enjoy. What about 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. Hey everybody, it's Angelique Luna here reporting from Florida Intensive Rope Experience Fire with my co-host and troublemaker at this point, husband, in, uh, <laughs> John C. Luna. But we have a fun guest here. We have Nothead. Welcome. Howdy. Thanks for having me. Yes, especially with all your classes that you've been having here. Puppet suspension and nylon tips. Come on. And what was it? Intro to predicaments. Please talk about all these crazy classes you're teaching. Absolutely. Because it kind of scares me since I'm still a beginner. <laughs> well, I um, uh, I like I like in the rope that I do, I do super duper basics. Um, I like to point out that uh, it's a lot like Legos where I take super really simple things, put them together and make something fun. So I can show you everything I know about rope in about 10 minutes. And then it, most of the classes I do are uh, teaching the creativity to go have fun with that. So the, um, the first thing that we did uh, Thursday night, I think, mm-hmm. yep. was a, uh, Puppet a, a puppeteer suspension, mm-hmm. which is something that I think generally Lou Rubens is credited with putting that together originally. Or if, if he wasn't, he was definitely one of the first to do it. And it's kind of an interesting suspension. It's got seven lift points. It allows the bottom to transition themselves to different positions. So it's very, very comfortable and allows them to find comfortable positions. Very non-threatening suspension. Um, when you're done tying it, the bottom literally just picks their feet up like landing gear and they're flying. And if they ever get tired or uncomfortable, they just stand up, put their feet down, and they're done. Oh, wow. So um, I've taught uh, classes all over the U.S. and uh, in Australia and Jamaica and some other places. And I always have brand new folks that that is their very first suspension ever as they do the puppet with me. So it's, it's kind of neat. Wow. So, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How'd you get started in rope? Um, again, um, to, to quote Lou Rubens, who's sort of a pioneer, um, I'm not a rope guy, I'm a bondage guy. But uh, rope is neat in that I can use 
Um, well, to, to back into the question a different way, if I was uh, into leather cuffs and chains, I would need a hockey bag full of gear every time I tied somebody up to have everything that would go from the smallest wrist to the largest chest. Um, but if I use rope and I learn how to properly apply the rope, uh, I can take one piece of rope and fit anybody with it. Oh, wow. And I could put the little pieces and parts together and create anything I want to do. So I've always thought bondage is really sexy. Uh, it is part of my sex life. It's, it's not a performance art for me. It's not a journey for me. It's part of my sex life. So I've always thought bondage is very sexy. Uh, rope was uh, a very um, a medium that allowed a lot of creativity and sort of ad-libbing and improv. And uh, I've been tying rope bondage specifically for probably 20 years plus, something like that. Tied you up. must have started when you were in kindergarten. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you look, yeah, yeah he looks up, very young yeah, to people. Well, tied up, uh, I think, um, I want to say tied up probably my first girlfriend when I was 19, 20 years old. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm over 40 now, so I'll, I'll give myself credit for 20 years there. Um, I, uh, I stumbled around. There was not a lot of good information out there. I stumbled around the dark for a lot of years and had a real weird hodgepodge grab bag of different techniques. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stumbled onto uh, books by the Naughty Boys and books by uh, Lee Harrington and, and books by Midori. And it was a, a weird hodgepodge of stuff and a lot of single-use items. And it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted really simple... Uh, again, I'm, I use the analogy of Legos. I wanted really simple Legos that I could take those same pieces and build what I wanted. And when I bumped into a really simplified Western style that uh, people like um, Lou Rubens and Matt Williams and Claire Adams were doing, uh, the kink.com crowd, uh, the what they call Western riggers, um, the, the light bulb came on. And all of a sudden I could do anything I wanted to do with these very simple little ties. And uh, I literally tie a single limb or a rope cuff, uh, a double limb or a two column tie, and an adjustable knot and a lot of it after that is just variations. So it's, it's very, very simple. It's just a matter of creativity and what you build with it. Wow, you make it like really simple that anyone mm-hmm. can learn. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like a Ratatouille movie, sorry. <laughs> anyone can learn to rope. <laughs> so the, the class we do on, on puppets, mm-hmm. um, I used to have two separate classes. One was nylon rigging tips and one was the puppet suspension. And I realized that by the time I rigged the puppet, I've used about 80% of my little nylon tips. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to cram together. I'm spread a little thin in this event. I'm doing five different classes, uh, helping my partner with two classes and doing the photo room and vending. So I'm all over the place. So when we try to combine things and and condense things, uh, we combine those two classes. And uh, the reason we have rigging tips that are specific to nylon is it's a little slipperier than the jute or hemp that a lot of people associate it with. Uh, bondage. Yes, we've discovered so, that. So that's why we stick back to jute. Yeah, which is totally fine. And I have kits of jute and I still love jute. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, essentially bound jute. Uh, they're buddies of mine. I use their, their product. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, with nylon, there's some a uh, few workarounds and a few little things that get you where you need to be. And it's sort of a, a slightly different philosophy. Um, I work at 90 degrees. I work very simplified. I don't do a lot of frictions. I don't do a lot of diagonals. And uh, I, I do compartmentalized ties. So instead of continuing to extend a rope and extend a rope and weave and extend a rope and make a longer harness and a bigger performance of it. If I need a 20-foot piece of rope to tie an arm, I tie the arm and I tie it off and I'm done with it. I pick up another piece and I tie something else and I'm done with it. That way, uh, each of the individual components is sort of um, compartmentalized. And whereas if you have a a long woven 
effectively out of hundreds of feet of rope, it's very difficult to maintain the tension and maintain the security of it. True. So again, it, it just comes back to the simplicity. That's nice to hear. Now, intro to predicaments. <laughs> Explain did, uh, that. <laughs> yep, that is my jam. That's what I'm, I'm really passionate about. The, the puppets is not something I do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the puppet is sort of a party trick. Uh, I'm not really somebody that plays a lot in public or at play parties or at dungeons. So the puppet was a social crutch. I could put somebody up in the puppet and get away from it. Mm -hmm. But the way I actually play, privately especially, is predicaments, predicament play. I love it. I absolutely, that's what's really sexy to me. So we did two of those. Explain predicament play for those who may not know. Okay. Um, well, it's, it's one of those nebulous things like, what's your favorite Corvette? If I should think your favorite Corvette, you're both thinking of something different, and I'm thinking of a boat. So <laughs> predicament play can be a lot of different things. Um, it could be, are you willing to uh, suffer this pleasure or suffer this pain to get to that pleasure? Uh, is this pain enough to make you endure some of that pain? It, can I encourage you with this pain to make an exertion for me or to balance or to uh, solve a puzzle? Or uh, it, it becomes a lot about giving people interesting, bad decisions, puzzles, what ifs, uh, varying motivations. There's a little bit of move, counter move in it. It really is a lot of fun. There's a lot of engineering that goes into it. Um, I like to point out that um, suspension bondage, everybody thinks that that's the black belt of bondage. You're done. Oh my God, I'm done learning. I made a suspension. Well, and you hear a lot of, since I'm allowed to cuss, you hear a lot of bullshit about, uh, I'm too big, I can't be suspended. That's bullshit. If you can lay in a hammock, you can be suspended. We can straighten, mummify you in rope and get you up comfortably. But in predicament play, I have to make it intentionally uncomfortable to get you to do what I want you to do. Maybe it's pull on a neck rope to get to a Hitachi. Maybe it's stand on your tippy toes and balance to not pull on nipple clamps. So I'm doing things that are intentionally uncomfortable and intentionally a little dangerous. So it, it, there's a little excitement factor. It's sort of edgy, it's, it, but it's... That's very edgy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some of it can be, definitely. I heard there was a Lego firewalk with that. The, uh, I don't know if you talked to Zen Warrior. You need to. The guy is a wild man. And, <laughs> and he did. He had, um, it was crazy. There were refrigerator maggots, Legos, and army men on a sheet that he was making his bottoms like knee walk across to get to say it was crazy it, it was but again his interpretation of predicament is very different from mine is very different from yours right so some of the things that I mentioned earlier um, like I uh, I really like um, good engineering safe rigging what I call fail safe where it fails in a safe direction okay and I do that as a class as well and we incorporated some of that in the more advanced class we did two predicament classes right so a really really simple version is uh, a girl tied up that has a Hitachi in her hand and if she puts this hachi on herself, it pulls on a neck rope. Oh. Very, very simple predicament. So right. the motivation is she wants the Hitachi. In a lot of cases, she also wants the neck rope. But I found a way to make it safe so that it's it's all linked. And if she puts this hachi on herself, she pulls on the neck rope. If she goes too far and starts to choke herself out, she automatically relaxes and releases the pressure. Okay. So that, that's sort of how we engineer in some of the predicament play. And rope lends itself really well to that. It sounds like a rope videos? version of a saw scene. Yeah, it is. Very similar. In fact, I make the joke often that uh, the saw producers come down and watch Zen Warrior play and, and oh. steal ideas from him. He's a that, wild man. Yeah, that does not surprise me because we've seen Zen Warrior play at the woodshed. Yes, we yes, have. Yes, we have. If so then, yeah. I didn't grab him, but my partner, Connor, if you haven't seen his photographs, his photographs are what we like to call uh, predicament in peril. So his might not be a, uh, a play predicament, 
like I would do where I'm encouraging the girl to get to the Hitachi or, or to um, suffer this pain to get through that pain or whatever, his predicaments would be something that, uh, it's like a movie poster for a cliffhanger where, uh, it, you know, effectively a girl tied up on the railroad tracks, you can see the train coming. And he does predicaments like that. There's a one that he did that they got a lot of attention that was about a, a sledgehammer. There was a, a pair of shears hanging in front of the girl's face. She had to release the sledgehammer in order to get the shears to uncover or to cut herself out of the bondage. So there's he does images that tell you a scary story about a predicament. In a single image, there'll be all that. So predicament plays more, I guess, to video. Because you said, like, suspension, everyone says it's like the high, hierarchy. And it probably is for still photos. Because that's what people see, but once you get into the experience of it, this is this is the the, the was it the gears turning? Sure, in, in absolutely. Photo. And and as far as a as a photo goes, um, a predicament's very interesting to me because it uh, again Connor is, is talking about trying to grab and hold people's attention for longer than that split second, and they click to the next photo, or they go to the next page of the app, or whatever it is in this you know sort of ADD society we right. have. So it's great to produce a photo that. Um, in, in a lot of cases, I base a predicament on a pose, um, and I'll see somebody's uh, partial suspension or a suspension or, or just a pinup pose, and I'll think, how can I hold them there with rope, and I'll draw little ropes on my uh, on the screenshot, for instance, I'll draw little ropes, and then I'll think, all right, now that they're held there, how can I make there some tension, how can I make there be a little conflict or a little uh, apprehension or tension or, or, or something, a little danger to it? So there might be... Um, uh, one of the ones that we're doing, uh, that we taught in a class as a tie-along, sort of an advanced tie-along, was uh, the girl is leaned back with one leg up and one leg on the floor. Mm-hmm. And there's a crotch rope going up. So she's pulled up by a crotch rope, which makes her want to put that leg down to support herself. Right. And then I run a line from the ankle to the neck rope. So I've made her want to put her foot down, but if she puts her foot down, she starts to choke herself. And then she picks her foot up because she's choking herself and she hurts the crotch rope again. And when you see the photo, you take some time and you figure out what's happening. And you try, you put yourself in that girl's position. How would I beat that? Oh, wait, they already thought of that. You can't get out of it this way. Well, I would lean this direction. Oh, wait, you can't. They already did this. They already tied that up. No, wait, she can't use her hands. So you, it grabs the viewer's attention. And it's fun to play with. And it's... uh, it's interesting stuff because it's not just a static person laying in a hammock. Mm-hmm. There's something going on. There's a little bit of a conflict. There's a little bit of, like you're saying, a, a saw-style puzzle. A drama. A drama, yeah. Absolutely. drama added to rope. Not just that you, you string them up and then you take them down it looks pretty yay. Exactly. It, it's, it's the action. It's the drama added to it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It really is. And what we did is, is I had a real murderer's row of, of advanced riggers uh, for, the, for the intermediate, we called it an intermediate uh, predicament tie-along right. and lab time, I think. We had a real murderer's row of people. I had uh, four, five, six really great couples and, and riggers that um, uh, they did demos, and we went around the room within the first half hour and showed you half a dozen advanced predicaments, like the one I just described. And then you had the opportunity to, hey, pick one. If you like that one, head over there, and they'll tie that with you. Work through it yourself. And uh, a lot of it, it gets advanced because, um, or it gets into some advanced territory because you have to be able to modify it to suit your bottom, mm-hmm. their limitations, things they like and don't like. If your bottom can't do it in a TK, could they do it in a prayer hands harness instead? If they can't do it in a prayer hands, could they do it in wrist tied to hips? Um, so you have options. 
Um, if well, if they can't bend this way, can they bend that way? Well, right. if they don't like nipple clamps, can I make a predicament with a crotch rope to neck rope? Well, they don't want to do that. Maybe I'll include electricity. Well, maybe I can put clamps somewhere else. And there's there's it, there's just infinite possibilities once you start to play with that stuff. It's a lot of fun. You know, after this, I really. It's not even over for 2017, and I'm I'm looking forward now. We're at the halfway mark. 2018, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I heard they, I, I just heard uh, my friend Lunatic Bound uh, yeah. is one of the other originators of this con. Yeah. Um, we started four years ago with an idea, and and he just walked by while I was waiting to talk to you folks. He just walked by and said, "Well, we sold out this year." Yeah. So they actually filled it up, which is amazing. That's right. great. Yeah, we're just super excited. Yeah, because advertising is sold out. But you guys have done an amazing job with the presenters it's, it's and the cool. volunteers. It's a big everything. Group effort. This guy and the woodshed. And, He's uh, playing Master Cecil. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't see. I'm playing at Master sorry. Cecil. Um, uh, yeah, it, it started four years ago. It's been a group effort. Everybody rowing the same direction. A lot of times rowing in many, many different directions. But we all, we all still, uh, we, we put together a hell of a fun time. And um, uh, it's not. The thing that I like to point out, since we were talking about uh, my classes or the things that I try to drag into the con, is uh, rope um, tends to be sort of homogenized. You see uh, a lot, if I asked, if, if I grabbed five random presenters from any event and I said, let me see your class list, um, if I really break it down, a lot of those classes are very similar. There's TKs and there's FUDOs and there's transition right. suspension, and that's what everybody's into. Right. Um, I like to show that there's something else out there. Oh, yes. I'm not claiming my stuff is better. I'm not claiming my stuff is advanced or it's just different. It's just a little bit different flavor than you're going to see out there. Right. And what we liked about it, there was various different tracks, the beginner, mm-hmm. the intermediate, and the advanced. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of different things, like the aesthetics, the roping, the different, you sure. know. Sure. You know. Yeah, we had brought in other instructors from outside of the local area. Oh, without a doubt. And that's, that's what it originally started from, uh, I think it was Lunatic Bound that grabbed me. And I'm sort of a PT barn. I'm sort of a promotions guy. I try to fill up the dungeon. I try to fill up classes for people and uh, or promote little events that we put together. We put together for instance an electric maze where we took uh, a bunch of um, uh, what do you call it violet wand generators and Christmas tinsel and we made a maze in the dungeon and let people go through it bound and blindfolded and it was like rats in an electric maze and they would bounce off the edges of it it was very entertaining so I'm the guy that's sort of the P.T. Barnum that tries that we come up with crazy ideas and then we try to promote them and he's this is four or five years ago now he said you know there's we have enough local presenters and things. Do you think you could promote a weekend? Could you put together a weekend of these local presenters? And I was like, hell yeah, let's try that. And, and we started with the idea that it was going to be a local event, local presenters. And uh, I present around enough and I, I met some great people. I was able to reach out and we started to pull people in from other states. And the next thing you know, with everybody pushing the same direction, and we're bringing people in from California and Canada and other places. And it, it really has grown into a hell of an event. Oh, yes. It the is. instructors were amazing. I know we had someone uh, I talked to drop down here from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, long distance. But what's also interesting is the different regions are bringing in different styles. Absolutely. And that's one of the things. I had a, a great couple in a class. Um, they were from St. Louis. And uh, I described a really simple thing. Um, we were talking about a progressive pull in a predicament setting where a progressive pull, much like someone was they're squatting with heavy chains on a bar, where the bar gets heavier as you lift it. And that's a concept that we play with, of tuning things. And I said, okay, so you put a zip line of clothespins on that's going to rip off as they pull or they fail doing the thing, and then you end the zip line with clover clamps that don't rip off. So it's a progressive pull. And I was looking around. I happened to catch this couple's eyes, and it was almost what you guys did. Yeah. Her face looked like, oh, Jesus, I'm blocking this guy on fat before I even get home. 
and his face looked like Christmas morning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you do you get you get a cross pollination. Yes, yeah, you we get a cross pollination of ideas. And I tell people that in class all the time is I want to hear your versions, your variations. What should I have done different? Because I'm going to steal your ideas. Oh yeah. And they're going to be mine next time, and I'm going to tweak it. And the next time I bump into you, we'll do it again. Yeah. So yeah, we do. We had folks that um, came in from Seattle and the Portland area. I think we had two from California. We had two from Canada. Um, and it is, it's just great. We had, we had authors, we had presenters. It was just, it was wonderful. Even stuff that I thought was static, like a TK, mm-hmm. I've seen two variations on a TK. I'm like, oh, so many variations. I there. thought it was what it was and it's no. Yeah. And there's some amazing, I don't know if you guys talked to uh, JD, if you haven't talked to JD 66, uh, from Canada, his legend um, precedes him, but yes. he, he is a, just, a, he's a little quiet. Um, he's a little understated, but just a really solid instructor. Um, that he teaches at the, I think they call it the Kenbaku Salon in Toronto. And he has really, um, he has a great background in it. And you talked to him about the TK, and there's just some really solid engineering and why it works, why it's sustainable, why it's stable. Uh, and you just really respect that stuff. It's not just randomly throwing rope on people. There's mm-hmm. some thought that went into it. Oh, yeah, definitely. We've seen that with a lot of the presenters and people talking here. It's just... Diff- a lot of cool different folks here. Furious Buddha's yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Seattle area, although I keep getting him screwed up between Seattle and Portland. Um, yeah. Really creative stuff. He ties a girl up, lays on his back like a bear at the circus, and flips around like a ball. It's amazing stuff. It's really out-of-the-box thinking here. Well, it's only radio, so you just have to imagine that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. We've heard various wonderful things of various Buddha, but, you know, with so many different classes and so many tracks, it's like it's kind of hard what to pick and choose there, Absolutely. you know? So, but good thing is that there's another year, so that's Absolutely. the best part. And there. like I said, we're only halfway through. We go till what, uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow? Yeah. I think 4 o'clock Sunday? It's 4 o'clock yep. Sunday. And if you, did you poke your head in the photo room yet? Yes, we That was another head. big addition this year. Yeah. We had a full-time photo room the whole time, and... Uh, I don't even remember how many classes, but uh, a whole photo track that would take you from using your cell phone all the way through advanced bondage concepts and uh, uh, even uh, what they're calling aftercare, but post-processing your photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aftercare was a great addition, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, the aftercare in the dungeon there, but there's also aftercare in the photography. They have five different uh, photography tracks there in all different types, so which is fantastic because you don't think about that at a rope convention. Why Absolutely. Would you say, well, yeah. rope's a very visual medium. I know we're talking yeah. about the radio, yeah. but rope is a very visual medium. And um, it, when I first got on uh, and was, was active on, on FetLife, shortly before I started to come out to events, um, obviously you're clicking around. The things you're clicking on are the photos that grab your attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, folks like Wicked Dave and Clover um, just had beautiful photography. And uh, I was able to meet those folks and tie and shoot with them uh, at an event last year in Jamaica. And it was just, is there, just there's really neat folks. And everybody's willing to share and you know mm-hmm. talk about different stuff from... The TK to how you lit things for a photo. Right. So it's, it's just a wonderful experience. Yes, it's such a great community there. This like the whole roping community, I would say. But it's mm-hmm. like everything. But yeah. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Matt. My pleasure, I appreciate guys. it there. Yep. I hope you guys uh, get to some other class, and I hope we see you around. Yes. I had a blast. And, yeah. to, and to plug it, we're going to plug fire here. Do it. You've already done it. It's, what is it? We're already selling tickets now. For, for 18? For uh, pre, uh, yeah, for 2018. Yes, okay. if you're here at the conference. It? FireOrlando.com. Yes. Is that it? Yes. I think so. Yes. Can I plug yeah. me? Yes. Oh, plug yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, but just before I wander off, um, I um, uh, my own website is notheadnylon.com, all one word. Okay. Um, I die and sell nylon rope because it was one of those where I wanted it, it didn't exist, so I went out and started doing it, and then friends wanted kits, and before I knew it, I had to come to places and bring 20,000 feet of it. 
So <laughs> nothidnylon.com. Oh, thanks very much. We appreciate Absolutely. that. Great Thank talking to you folks. Thanks. Appreciate Thank it. Wasn't that intense? I swear to God, I don't think I could keep up with his energy the way he kept describing his work. He's got so much energy, but so much knowledge. And the guy's just genuine. He, he cares. He's there to make an experience and he loves his work. Yeah. And he really has uh, pushed the boundaries, especially for the photo track, Ooh. because it gives a lot of the photographers in the kink community to teach and express their art Mm -hmm. And there was some crazy ass stuff being filmed. But once you saw the photos, they were just gorgeous. I mean, I've seen a lot of the photos works on FetLife lately from the fire events that I was like, damn. Well, for those of you who didn't attend fire, they actually had a dedicated photo room. And I'm not talking a closet, a big photo room. They had six, uh, what was it? Um, what do you call sets? Uh, with different backgrounds mm -hmm. going on simultaneously. And our next interview is actually with Don Whitlens, who was one of the photographers there. Right. And, but it was actually a photo track because they had like four different classes that you had to learn and how to do that. And I think even one of the classes was teaching you how to take it with your camera phone. Well, they yeah, they did have the classes. Mm -hmm. And then they also had free time where you can come in and either you or a professional photographer would assist you in taking uh, basically fetish photos. photos. Yes, and Dom, uh, the photographer, Yes, is one of those photographers. Listen in. Hope you like it. Hi, everyone. It's Angelique Luna recording here from Florida Intensive Rope Experience with my cohort who's, like, changing to, by the minute here, my husband, Jay Chauncey Luna. <laughs> I did a lot of shopping. It's, it's, it's a cool convention. There's lots of fun stuff here. Too many ideas here. <laughs> we are lucky to have one of the photographers, um, Don, um, to talk to us. Tell us what you're doing teaching here at FIRE. Don with Lens uh, from the Philadelphia area. Um, the FIRE photo track is really a great thing, really focused on taking photography from somebody not knowing much to more advanced lighting setups. People that want to shoot their rope, um, classes we're offering. My co-teacher and slave, uh, Abby Bex. Uh, today we did photo rating, which is essentially taking photographs while you're playing and doing it in a very conscious matter. Um, we shoot a lot of our own play. Um, very mindfully, um, the intention is to... Um, not take too much time to step back and not ruin the headspace. So we shared some of the stuff that we have found successful. Uh, it was a great class. Uh, it started with no setup, set up a couple lights, got us where we wanted to be, and then I tied her and allowed the class to shoot along with us. Oh, cool. Very interactive there. So how long have you been doing this kind of style? I've been in the scene for four years now. I uh, was a professional vanilla photographer for three years before that. So photography is a big passion of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, started learning rope for her. Found my own passion for it about two years into it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey. That's to say the least there. Now, what kind of tips or tricks do you tell people when they're first trying to start taking photography of their rope? 
So I try and relate photography to rope. So understanding the basics is really what I try and drill into people's heads. Much like rope, uh, when you're learning, you're still thinking about rope, every move. So I want people to learn their settings and really understand the camera so they're not taking too much time to step back and take a shot. Shot. Uh, first rope goes on, the clock starts running. So the less you have to think about your settings, the better the outcome. Wow, that's kind of interesting there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do you travel to different conferences there, or is this your first conference? Or We usually travel to places we can drive to. Uh, this is our second fire. Um, we've done a couple other, other cons. Um, bed as attendees. Um, we just started getting into teaching. I'm not a very proactive teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, photography seems like a little niche thing that's that's picking up, which is great. Um, but I, we, we're in the lifestyle. So if somebody wants us to come out and teach, we have classes that we offer. That's awesome there. <laughs> Tomorrow we're going to do a, <clears throat> excuse me, advanced, um, bonded shoot. And we have a couple ideas in mind, but we're also going to look to the class for a couple ideas. And we're just going to build something from ground up, um, including, um, our second class is post-processing, so we're going to take some photos that we took in our classes and process them. And So it's different from today because today was the play and shoot. Tomorrow okay. is it, the intention is to create a shot. Oh, wow. That's kind of interesting. And everything's digital, correct? Everything or... is digital. Yeah. I have started shooting some film again. Oh, awesome. Um, but that is – it takes a little more time, so the, in, the intention there is definitely for shoot and not play shoot. Right. And this is for anyone starting who just went down to Best Buy and grabbed the DLSLR and said, hey, I want to do a, be a photographer all the way up, I'm assuming, to photographers who want to learn bonded shooting. The great thing about Fire is with the whole photo track, uh, literally started Thursday night with 101, mm-hmm. um, basic understanding, to um, simple lighting to more advanced stuff that, that we're offering. Yeah, new classes have been packed. Every time we walk by there, I'm like, I'm not even going to try to attempt to get in there because it's just so many people. And there is so much equipment in there. It's like a photographer's dream. (laughs) I noticed you have your own... Well, it's a convention hall, and you have your own room, and the room easily holds, what, two or three backdrops? I think right now there's six backdrops set up in there, and there is enough equipment in there. I walked in there, and I was like, why did I travel with with all this gear? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, for sure. But at least, you know, you could add your own personal styles there. Because I know certain photographers are like, no, this is my stuff. This is what I play with. Yeah. But, you know, if you're open to play with other people's stuff. <laughs> and there's a very many talented photographers here that I learn every time I'm around other photographers. Um, one thing that keeps me very passionate about photography is that I will never know it all. And I take the same approach to rope. There's just always so much to learn. Oh, yeah. And no, we totally agree. After looking at all the tracks and everything, where I'm like, yeah. yeah. And just seeing the different styles from all over the uh, United States and Canada and God knows where else people have traveled from. Now, do you know this is the first time they've done a photo lab this year at Fire? Is this the first time they've had photo? I mean, of course, they have, everyone's a photographer, but... This is the first time they've done a separate room and lab and track like this. Um, we were here last year and taught a couple classes, but it was more just in the classroom, not in a dedicated photo lab gotcha. space with open photo lab time, open to anybody as well. 
It's really well, great. It was definitely successful. Very successful. So how can people find you, Don? Um, I'm with Lens on FetLife. Um, also, Dom with Lens on Twitter. Twitter uh, DWL Photo on Instagram. So people can reach out and ask you questions and tips and tricks and all that? Sure. Awesome. Sure, especially attendees. I love to give feedbacks and see shots they took during class. And also, they shot some pictures of us, so that's it's always special for us to get shots of us together. Um, I don't really set up a lot and take pictures of ourselves. It feels too much like a selfie for me. So whenever somebody <laughs> shoots us, it's really something special. You know, you're, you're not the first photographer who has mentioned having issues with selfies. They're like, I photograph everything. I never photograph myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, a teenage daughter photographs herself with everything. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. It's a different generation. Well, thanks very much. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Wow, I hope you guys enjoyed all those awesome interviews there. Um, we can't wait till next year. I know the dates were announced while we were still in the conference. Tickets were announced to go on sale, but as always, Master Penguin was ahead of the game before poor Darcy could even activate the link. I just found that hysterical. I'm like, he's like, buy now, buy now. Well, they signed the contract. It's <laughs> definitely happening next year. It's bigger than ever next year. Hopefully, we may move, um, obviously, even more because we sold out well not we but fire, fire did sell, sell out, out. Uh, i think they said 490 tickets were sold yes that was included everyone and yeah. next year they're gonna push for more yeah <sighs> master penguin is just going to be the biggest kid i think i should just go behind the scenes and just film him giddy like a little <laughs> uh, it, but it, it was just adorable everyone we met it really gave a sense of community in the rope community um, definitely a new level of the power exchange, I felt, uh, because everyone was very sincere, very willing to learn, very willing to teach, even share techniques. I found that very amazing. The there. classes were amazing for every level. Mm -hmm. We did our first suspension. Yes, it was awesome. And we even got great advice from one Miss Doctor, who we'll say thank you again for, because we recently had a... Uh, a slight roping incident, which uh, her medical advice on how to treat injuries was priceless on. And yes. she's actually hosting, uh, I think in 2018, they're going to do a rope event, I believe, out in Phoenix. Yes, and I can't remember the event, but we will look into it and hopefully get the links. But it was Little Doc, no, Miss Doctor. Miss Doctor. Doctor was her name there. And she was uh, teaching about nerves and muscles. And that was a fantastic class. Hi. So, again, thanks again to the Woodshed for being our sponsor, having us be there and record these interviews so you guys can enjoy and learn and expand. If you have questions, comments, complaints, please feel free to ask us. Also, at the same time, please like and share our podcast to educate more. But iTunes is gone. So if you could, subscribe and write us a review. Appreciate that. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good night. Bye.